In order to support this show and keep providing you tons of free content week after week, we need the help of some great advertisers, and we want to make sure those advertisers are ones that you actually want to hear about, but we need to learn a little bit more about you to make that possible. So go to podsurvey.com slash she and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you better so that we can bring on advertisers that you won't want to skip through. Once you've completed the quick survey, you can enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply, but again, that's P-O-D. S-U-R-V-E-Y dot com slash she. Thanks for your help. What's up, friend? Thank you for tuning into this episode of the podcast. I am pumped for this episode because I'm going to be answering a question that I get on the weekly, it feels like, (laughs) because I online especially talk a lot about the struggle and blessing of being multi-passionate, of caring about multiple things. And I was actually just at a conference or a retreat this past weekend, and I was I was talking with some women and also some men, and we were sitting around the table. It was this amazing dinner, and we started talking about uh, a little bit about my work. They were asking me about it, and I got to got into we started talking about women actually, women in the workplace, women using their gifts, women contributing to the economy, to society in whatever way they are called to in that season. Whether that's raising decent human beings <laughs> and maybe doing something on the side as a little side hustle, or full time in corporate America, climbing the ladder, or somewhere in between. Now, uh, one thing we started talking about specifically was kind of what does that dynamic look like and also how much of an awesome thing it is that we get to do that in many ways. And we started talking about that feeling or that experience of being multi-talented, multi-interested, and multi-passionate. And I said, that's really a lot of the uh, challenge that I speak into for entrepreneurs and for women who are uh, ambitious or wanting to do something you know, uh, with their creative gifts or with their interests or with their skills, but feeling a little bit torn because there's multiple things things that they want to be doing. And somebody looked at me and and she's basically said, well, that's kind of the female makeup. And then another amazing guy that we're friends with, um, he shared, he goes, it all starts with women. It's this whole, it's this whole message. He talks about how culture is so influenced and shaped by women. And he basically started to dive into the beauty and, and the art and the, and the beautiful purpose behind women being very multifaceted creatures. He goes, he goes, it doesn't surprise me uh, that so many women are feeling this multi-passionate, multi-interested, you know, challenge. But also he goes, this maybe it's not even so much of a challenge. Maybe it's just uh, part of their makeup. He goes, women can multitask in ways that men just can't for the most part, you know, and he's saying it from his own perspective. He goes, my wife, she can multitask like, like nothing I've ever seen. It makes complete sense why she's interested in multiple things and wants to dabble in a variety of things. Like it's a gift. It's beautiful. And just the way he celebrated it was really awesome. Um, But I also know that as women, we can sometimes feel a little bit overwhelmed by our multiple interests or the different uh, directions we can feel pulled in. And so as much as it's a blessing, it can also be a very big challenge when we're trying to find a little bit of focus in our lives or our careers. And so today I am going to be speaking into the challenge of trying to pick between two or more passions. And then in this episode, I am just going to dive right into giving my best tips and steps and tools to really navigating this in the best way possible without the pressure. So let me read this question. It comes in from a listener. I don't have her name, but I do know that she's a very talented and passionate human being. Um, but her, so her name wasn't on her social media, so that's okay. But here's her message. It said, hey, Jordan, I'm sure your inbox is full, but I do want to know your thoughts on something if you get this message. I'm opening a bakery. God opened the doors wide open to make that happen, and it is being 
fully funded from people that felt led to build this dream with me. Okay. First of all, that's amazing. Right. Um, but I am feeling called to write a book for middle or high school ages. That is a major job. I cannot shake the idea of the book. Thoughts are always coming from random places about it. I can't hear a song without envisioning a part of the book that I want to write. But the bakery is in its final days of build out, but my mind is continuously on this book. People expect me to be a pastry chef, my job for the last 15 years, and are expecting me to grow this bakery into something magical. But like I said, I'm feeling very strong about writing. Would you just tackle both? Do you believe that God would call you to two different places at the same time? Help, right? So that was her message. And I am going to dive right into answering that in the best way I know how right now. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. All right, so let's dive into this question. Can I pursue the bakery and writing a book at the same time? How do I pick between these passions? Do I have to pick between the passions? What is going on? How am I, is, is it possible to be called in two different directions? And that's a really confusing space to be. So I'm going to give you five uh, things to be thinking about and to really allow to influence your decision here and how you're going to go about this. And the very first thing is really what I responded to this question to this person specifically when I spoke with her. Um, but, but, but the very first thing that I think is so stinking key to understand that I think so many of us often forget when we feel like it's either or is that life comes in phases. And I'm going to actually give you these pieces of advice by giving you five P's to consider, five P words to consider. I think that helps make things more memorable. I shared a little bit of this on social media um, probably a few weeks back, but I want to dive deeper into it and give you even more because I think this is a better uh, medium and space to really dig into it. And I can share more details than a 15 second Instagram story (laughs) uh, allows me to do. So the first thing is that life comes in phases. And when I say phases, I mean seasons, right? So this could be a season. I mean, I think it would be when I think about this example of the bakery and the book and feeling torn between what to do, what I say is, you know, I want you to look at this like if if God just made a way, if the door just opened, if it has been funded, if it is something that you have expertise in, then it is clearly a it, it is a beautiful opportunity that has been placed in front of you. And to neglect that or to just totally walk away from it um, may not be entirely necessary and it actually may not be entirely smart. Now, again, I I do believe that sometimes you have to do things that don't make sense, right? There's been so many times in my life and my career where I have made decisions that's like this truly doesn't make logical sense, but I feel like this is what I'm being led to what I'm being led to do and I need to have faith and go with that. Um, But in this case, the way I see it is that these two things really don't conflict with each other. And I think that's sometimes what we begin to believe when we have two different passions that we're wrestling with in our life and in our heart, we can begin to believe that they completely contradict each other. And I don't think that's entirely true. I think sometimes we have to learn, how can I layer these things together? How can I weave these things together strategically and intentionally? And so when it comes to this first P word, phases, um, I want you to understand, and this is what I shared with this gal who reached out to me. I said, why couldn't you like 
why couldn't you write the book anyway? Because here's the thing. I think sometimes we think writing the book meaning and immediately think we immediately think or or uh, we assume that means that we must immediately publish the book. But writing the book and publishing the book are two very different jobs. And so if my my piece of advice here is, look, you have this bakery that's about to open, that's fully funded, that is your expertise that you can serve people with, that you could do something incredible with, um, that has been, you know, so blessed and and favored that to walk away from it might be a little bit um, unfaithful. And as someone who moves very quickly when I get a new passion or a new idea, um, I've had to learn a hard lesson of like, hey, sometimes you have to steward something, right? Even if it's not the most exciting thing in the forefront of your mind, at least for a season or for a phase. And so in this phase or in this season of life, the, the smartest, and wisest thing to do might be, hey, open that bakery, like full steam ahead, open it. But here's the thing. You don't have to totally neglect writing the book in order to do that. It may not be done as quickly. It may not be published as quickly or as soon as you would, you know, like, but it actually might be published at the right time and more strategically once you've built up this bakery branch, once you've built up this community around this space. Now you have a customer base. Now you have a space that people can come and read your book once you go deep on that, once you really establish that. So my piece of advice to her was, hey, open the bakery. Like you're about, you're, you have everything you need, all the pieces in place. You know, it'd be a very different story if you're like, I have this like harebrained idea that I want to start a bakery. I have zero experience. It's not funded. It's going to cost me $200,000 to open. Then I'd be like, mm, maybe not. But in this case, if you have this opportunity right available for you, again, your, you know, opportunity might be different than in this specific question. But if it is right there, and it is something that you can use and, and you something that you can step into almost immediately. My piece of advice here is do it. Start that. Why can't you be writing the book as you are, uh, you know, running the bakery? And that's, again, it could take a little longer, right? As you go deep on the bakery, you probably can't go as deep on the book, but that's okay because life comes in phases. And in this phase, as you're establishing the bakery, as you're building it up, as you're growing that, this might be the season for you to totally steward that, keeping in mind that it is all working toward the next level, which is now I'm going to have this book come out, right? And how, like, why couldn't you have, this was just my idea, but I'm like, uh, baked goods and books. I mean, come on, right? Like we have this place in our town that I think is the coolest a concept. It's like brews and books, right? It's like a, they have like a coffee bar and a, like a bar, like a, they serve, you know, drinks and coffee. Um, and then they also have or books and brews, I think is what it's called. And then they have, a, it's a ton of books and people come in and they, uh, they take a book and they share and they leave a book and it's kind of like a library exchange and you can go in there and you can go in there in the evenings or you can go in there during the day and work. And it's this really neat concept. And I'm going, well, why wouldn't you have a bakery and a bookshop or something like that so that would actually really support what you want to do with book writing? And these things really beautifully could tie together. But you have to kind of get the thing off the ground first. So in this phase, maybe the smartest thing to do is to steward that bakery, to get that up and going, and then layer in the book. And as you are building the bakery... And as you have all this, you know, inspiration, if you remember what she shared in that question, she said, I can't hear a song without thinking about what I want to put into a chapter or whenever I'm working on something, I'm inspired to write the book, like then keep writing it. Right. And it doesn't mean you have to finish it. It doesn't mean that you have to do the publishing process. It doesn't mean that you have to launch it tomorrow, but write it as the inspiration comes to you. Write down the ideas. I mean, I wrote, most people don't realize this. I wrote so much of my book in a Google doc. And as I would get inspiration or as somebody would say something that inspired me and, you know, reminded me of a lesson or taught me something, I would write that down. 
and I would put it in my little Google Doc and then I would make it sound better later. So you can still be working toward that book and writing that book. It may not need, it it probably shouldn't be your full-time job or even a huge chunk of your time, but be writing down experiences that you have, stories that you uh, live and experiences that you, that you experience or that you have as you're opening the bakery, as you're training employees, as you're serving customers, as you're uh, experiencing the workplace in this way, or, you know, starting your own small business in this way. What an incredible and, and unique story to even weave in and add more value and, um, and really uniqueness to your, to your book that you will eventually write. So, or that you will eventually publish. So my, my argument here is run the bakery. I think just run in that, but that doesn't mean you can't be taking down notes and, and, you know, feeling inspired and spending your, uh, you know, Sunday afternoons writing a few paragraphs or a thousand words or whatever comes to you and allowing the weeks to be your inspiration, allowing the experience to really inform what you write. So that was one of my biggest pieces of advice that piggybacks onto the second P of this piece of advice or of, of this answer. So again, I said the five P's P number two is practicality. Okay. So I, I told her, I said, unless you have a, a pretty big audience established and you want to partner with a publishing house that's going to hand you an advance, the profitability or the financial gain of writing a book, and I know that's not necessarily why you write a book, right? But at the end of the day, sorry, but you got to eat, <laughs> right? We all got to pay our bills. And so it's not to say that you do things because they are money makers, but you also want to make sure that you are doing something that's allowing you to have the income that you need, right? And so when I look at this, these two examples, and again, you might have different examples in your life, but I really challenge this person to uh, think about what's the most practical here. What's going to pay the bills? And then how can you then steward the other calling or the other passions after you have that covered, right? So the way I look at this is unless you have a pretty large following and a pretty solid advance from a publishing house that could support you for the next year to two years, because that's about how long it takes to write a book, uh, I would definitely advise that you do something that's going to make you a living (laughs) and then pursue the book on the side. And in this case, this person didn't have those things established. They didn't have a publishing house knocking on their door or a big audience to sell the book to. So my recommendation was build up that community, whether that's in your local town, whether that's, you know, specifically, uh, whether that's online or in your local town through your bakery, spend the time stewarding the bakery which can pay your bills right practically in this season so that you can not worry about that and write the book from a place of freedom and from a place of creativity rather than from a place of oh my gosh I have to make money doing this right so if you just completely forewent or decide to forego the bakery and this thing that's funded and gonna help pay your bills and you know be a dream that you can pursue and also practically provide then then if you're if you're pursuing that, that's going to allow you the freedom rather than the fear or the worry. If you just forego that and try to pursue the book full-time, that is not going to pay your bills. No, not to, not to be negative. The likelihood of it actually paying your bills full-time with no audience, no publisher, and none of that from the get-go is very, very slim. It's not to say it's impossible. I believe nothing is impossible. However, it's not very likely. And so it would be wiser and probably a little bit more prudent of you to do the thing that actually can more immediately provide and pay your bills, even if it's not, you know, you don't have to, you know, strike it rich by any means. But if you can pay your bills through what you're doing with the bakery, that's going to allow you to write from a place of overflow and creativity and freedom rather than how am I going to make money with my writing career, right? I don't have anything established yet. I'm just trying to get started. That takes time to build up. Nobody is just a Nicholas Sparks or a JK Rowling overnight, right? It takes a lot of time. And so I always advise aspiring authors who 
you know, have other gifts and expertise to begin. I mean, even when I was writing my book, I was speaking, I was building my podcast. I had a sweatshirt business. Like I had these other streams of income to support that process. And, and that's how you have to get started in the the majority of the time, right? Very few people just get to wake up one day and be a full-time author. And so I just want to give you a practical, a little bit of a reality check there so that you don't necessarily forego this amazing opportunity just because your heart's overflowing. I don't want your heart to stop overflowing for this book and for this message that you're called to share because you start worrying about, oh my gosh, how am I going to pay my bills when that's a completely unnecessary worry and you have this opportunity right in front of you. So that's just the second thing. So when you as, as a listener, when you are thinking about, uh, you know, I'm trying to pick between this thing and that thing or these these two things and this thing, if you're trying to make a decision, say which of these is going to practically provide in, in, this, in the here and now so that I can maybe begin stewarding these other things that may not provide as soon or as quickly and take some time to build up. That can be a really helpful tool to making that decision. Thank you to Care-of for sponsoring this episode. Care-of is a wellness brand that makes it easy to get the right vitamins, supplements, and protein powders for your specific needs. Whether you're looking for glowing skin, more energy, better sleep, or something to support your health and fitness routine, Care-of helps you build and stick with a plan that's right for you. Fall is a great time to set some new goals, get back into a healthy routine, and reprioritize yourself. Here's how it works. You take a short, fun five-minute quiz and answer easy questions about your diet, lifestyle, and health needs. Then you'll get a research-backed recommendation with the vitamins, supplements, and or protein powders you need based on your completely personalized quiz results. Then your care of order gets shipped right to your door in convenient daily packs, perfect for a busy on-the-go lifestyle. Just throw a couple in your suitcase when traveling or one in your bag on the way to the gym every morning. Care of makes it easy to see where they source their ingredients from and ensure only the highest quality products. I've personally tried Care of and I love how fun and easy the quiz is and how all the vitamins are so easy to take because it's just a simple packet every day that I can grab while I head out to the gym. If you want to give this a try, you can get 25% off your first Care of order by going to takecareof.com and entering the promo code SHE. Again, that's takecareof.com and enter the promo code SHE for 25% off your first order. The third thing that I want to share, the third P is people. Now, again, in this, com- this comes in a couple different ways, but these P's should really be influencing your decisions. And I don't mean people. Uh, when I say that, I don't mean other people's opinions and what they expect of you, right? She shared, everyone's expecting me to start this bakery. And And while I don't suggest doing something just because people expect you to do it, right, there's seasons for everything, um, I also think you've been given this opportunity to steward this, right? So I think that could be a little different. But if you're really having a hard time with these things, um, the best thing I can say is think of the two to four, maybe five trusted people in your circle that you can consult, that know you, that know your heart, that know your situation, that know your gifts, right? I'm a complete stranger to you, even though I feel like you're my friend um, to anybody who sends in messages, but I don't really know all the details of your life, right? I don't live in your day to day. I don't know the background of your story. I don't know what experiences you might struggle with. And so consulting those people in your life, whether it's a mentor, a spouse, a best friend, a mom, a colleague, a coworker, a combination of those people and getting their feedback on this and asking them, hey, practically, what do you think is the best decision? Uh, Personally, what do you think is the best decision? Professionally, what do you think is the best decision here? And allowing them to speak into you. That doesn't mean you you have to take their advice, but I think it's so smart to seek counsel. And I think sometimes in our world where 
we are so inundated with the message of like other people's opinions don't matter, which I agree with <laughs> in that we don't need everybody's opinions and strangers opinions and people on Instagram's opinions to totally change the traje- trajectory of our life or be the boss of us. However, I do think people's opinions matter to some degree. Maybe the opinions isn't the right word. Maybe it's wisdom, people's perspective, people that we trust and that we uh, honor and that we that know us well and have our best interests in mind. Yes, their perspective matters. I mean, totally different example, but when my husband and I first met, we met each other's families relatively early on in our relationship. Not because we were like, we're getting married tomorrow. You know, I think we can take meeting families to be so serious. And it is somewhat of a cultural thing. I think every family is different. When you, you know, introduce someone, it can sometimes mean something so much more serious than maybe you intend if you introduce someone to your family. But I think, you know, that for us, we didn't want to get so wrapped up emotionally in one another or get our hearts so attached to one another until those people that really knew us, knew our hearts, knew our desires, you know, knew what was best for us, could meet the other person and see our dynamic and give us honest feedback. And when both of our families were like, this is a good thing, we had full confidence to pursue a more serious relationship. And I think the same thing can happen with our passions and our careers. It's like, hey, before I just go down this massive rabbit or this massive trail and get, you know, 20 miles down the road, I'd love to seek a little counsel. And that doesn't mean you have to take everyone's advice. Okay. It's not like you're bound to it, but getting their perspective and getting an objective third party whose emotions and heart Uh, and passion isn't so wrapped up in it to where they might not even be able to see clearly. It's just wise to seek counsel. And I think we sometimes fail to do that because we constantly hear, don't worry about other people's opinions. You don't owe anyone an explanation, which is sometimes true. Okay. So we want to make sure we have a very healthy perspective of this. However, there is a time and a place where Yes, if your mother is a is a trusted mentor in your life and you have a healthy relationship with her and she's giving you honest feedback or some wisdom, that doesn't mean you have to take it, but it does mean you should listen to it, right? So the best thing I can say here is when you're trying to pick between some passions or some ideas or some things on your heart or professional paths you could pursue or you know how you're going to grow your business or how you're going to grow your career or whether you're going to do a bakery or a book or whatever, um, consider three to four people in your life that you could really seek counsel from because they're going to have your back and they're going to have your best interest in mind. And they're probably, unless they're like a jealous friend and then don't ask them. (laughs) But if there's someone who truly wants to see you succeed, ask them, ask people who have gone before you. My dad is like my best business coach, right? He is a businessman. And I always ask him for advice on things, even though he has no idea about the internet. He is, I mean, he just doesn't use social media. He doesn't do what I do. He doesn't understand my industry to the degree at which I do, but he can give me wisdom from a professional standpoint that is timeless and transcends industries. And there's probably people in your life that you could go to for that as well, who may have more experience in the bakery industry, even if you have 15 years or who have more experience in the business industry or in the publishing industry. Like, I'm so glad you came to me. And because as someone who's published and who does, you know, write books, I can say, this is a long process. This is not going to just be a full paycheck overnight. So be wise in how you pursue that so that it can both serve your passions and your calling and your purpose and pay your bills. Okay. I think I'm good on that. So ask those people in your life. That's P number three. P number four is prayer. So I always, I always love that quote. Like that says something like, um, have you prayed about it as much as you talk about it, right? So if this is something that you're seeking wisdom on and you're seeking counsel about and you're talking about and you're talking to your friends about and you're thinking about all the time, I just want to encourage you to just like pause and pray. Pause and pray. Go 
somewhere quiet. If this is really wrestling after I've given these three P's already and you're still like, I'm just so torn, you do need to pause and pray. I have a mug that says pray about it, girl. It's from a gal in this community who has an awesome Etsy shop. She's amazing. Go check her out on Instagram at shop (laughs) happies. Anyways, random shout out. But I have this mug and it says pray about it, girl on it. And it reminds me in every business decision, in every professional decision, in every one of those moments, whether it's big or small, you know, to really say, hold on, let me pause and just pray and reflect on this and make sure I have that peace in my heart. So again, just because like you shared in your question about this bakery versus book concept, you know, oh, I feel like God's leading me here. God can give us vision. I believe this. I believe we'll get vision and we'll get clarity on something and we'll be called to something that doesn't necessarily mean we have to jump this second. Sometimes it means I'm going to take my first step in that direction while remaining faithful and steadfast to what I've done and what I'm doing or what he's given me to steward in this season. It's a big lesson I've learned. There was so many times I wanted to make a pivot and I had to learn I mean, since 2017, I wanted to make a pivot, but I had to take small steps to slowly make that pivot and do it in a way that was sustainable and and allowed me to still steward what I had started and then eventually be able to make that step. So again, just make a two-year goal, you know, for the book or something like that so that you can be obedient in that so that you can be prayerful about that, but still pursue and and, um, be steadfast with what you've been given to steward right now. So prayer is the fourth P. The last P that I want to just encourage you to consider when you're trying to pick between two possible passions or two possible pursuits in your business or your career is purpose. Now, I always, I love this word purpose, but I think it gets thrown around a lot. I think we often say things like, I need to find my purpose. And if you've read my book, Own Your Every Day, you know why I hate that phrase. I'm like, man, it's not lost. Like it's inside of you, you know? So I want to, I want to, challenge you to consider this word because I think sometimes what can happen is when we feel like we're choosing between passion, you know, one passion or another, one pursuit or another, we're trying to figure out which one is my purpose, right? Which of these is my purpose? And my argument here is that your purpose is not going to be in one position or the other or in one passion or the other. So you really can't mess it up. Okay. Um, Your purpose is not just to be an author or to be a baker or to be a fill in the blank. Your purpose comes through those specific roles. Okay. So when you begin to feel that pressure of like, oh my gosh, like I don't want to pick the wrong thing and mess up my purpose. You know, I just want to challenge you to understand that you really can't mess it up. You're not that powerful. (laughs) And I believe your purpose was placed in you before you ever took your first breath. And it's something that you bring to every passion and position that you have. So that gives you a lot of freedom to say, wait a second, I'm going to serve my bigger purpose regardless of what specific passion I'm pursuing or position I'm in in this specific season. And so I want you to think of it with that perspective in mind so that you don't feel that pressure to figure it out. Okay. So when you can operate from a place of purpose, rather than from a place of pressure, you're going to be free to do either to do one. And then later in the second phase or the next phase in a year or two years after the bakery has been going to step into the second one. Like this is where the freedom comes when you understand that purpose is going to infiltrate whatever you do. So long as you have a purpose driven mindset, so long as you know, this is my God given mission and assignment. And I'm going to serve these, you know, if you wanted to write a book for high school kids, I'm going to serve these high school kids first and foremost, even if that's not necessarily only in book form, maybe I'm going to have an after school program in my bakery. Maybe I'm going to have some sort of uh, event or weekend workshop or something for high school kids to learn a trade, to learn baking, to learn a skill that Maybe they want to use rather than just going to college. Maybe they want to learn to be a pastry chef. Maybe I'll offer some education for them. And immediately, boom, you're serving that audience, even if it's even if the book comes later. So again, I just want you, as you feel this pressure to figure out which passion to pursue or thing to do, that your purpose is not going to be in one or the other. And that gives you a lot of freedom to say, I can pursue this one for now. And then later I can do this one, right? Or I can do this one first and then later I'll do the other one. So 
have that freedom and that freedom mindset and that purpose-driven mindset and whatever you do, because then you're not going to have to worry about, is this going to be fulfilling, right? It's going to be fulfilling if you have a purpose-driven mindset. It's going to be meaningful if you have a purpose-driven mindset and you don't have to worry about making the wrong decision. So that's all I have to say about that. Those are the five Ps to really trying to pick between two or more passions in your life and doing it in a way that's wise, that's intentional, that's practical, and that's um, really purposeful in every way. All right, last thing I want to say is if you need a little bit of help with this, if you're still feeling overwhelmed or unsure or stuck or torn between a million passions, I want to invite you to check out my free training. It's still available, but it's only going to be available through October 1st. I open a whole coaching program on October 1st to give you all the pieces and nuts and bolts to start to really figure out your lane and put it together, um, And you're, whether you're a business owner or not. Um, but if you are feeling this, this tension and this struggle and this frustration, I want to encourage you, check it out. It's a free training. It's directly out of that coaching program that opens on October 1st. I just gave away a chunk of it so that you can really get started clarifying your purpose, your passion, your genius zone, which passions and skills to actually think about monetizing versus which ones to not. Uh, And I I even included the three-part genius zone formula. So if you're trying to figure out what's my genius zone and even what is a genius zone and why is that important and how is that different from just pursuing all my passions, uh, that's really going to help you get some focus and some clarity and some strategy. So if you'd like to get a little more clarity on that and learn more about that and how that applies to you, go to theownitacademy.com slash kickstart. We will put that link in the show notes. Grab the free training. It's only available for a few more days. Dig in. You're going to have so much clarity. This is really going to help you get started in finding your direction. If this was helpful in any way, if this episode was helpful at all, this is going to take it to a whole nother level. So grab that free training and then mark your calendar for October 1st because the whole coaching program opens then and you are not going to want to miss it. All right. That's all I got for you today. Thanks for tuning in. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content and it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less.